Live Live from the Echo. Yeah, Echo! EchoLive.ie. Cork man caught with knife told Garda he was making sandwiches and put it down his trousers and forgot it was there. He had 217 previous convictions. What the fuck? Including five for possessing knives. Well, do you know what? Fair play to Like... Three for production of other implements and a number for self, a number for assault and fifty nine for theft. But he was just making a sandwich that he day. He was making a sandwich. Man jailed for stealing six cans of cider from Cork shop, which he said didn't even taste nice. <laughs> Justice for both of these men. <laughs> Justice. They've done nothing wrong, and I believe them. <laughs> and then someone someone's just saying like how Irish is that headline and then someone wrote this is the most Irish thing ever a friend wore a Superman t-shirt walking down a street in Navin when a car slowed down and shouted some Superman you are you're walking <laughs> <laughs> Colin was telling me a really funny story yesterday uh, that are we you that was telling me it was you the Tommy Tierman yeah, thing the Tommy that's thing. the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard in my life are you Roddy Doyle are you yeah. What did you say? Are you Roddy Doyle? Are you Roddy Doyle? He was like, yeah. Do you think you're great? Yeah, do you think you're great? <laughs> do you? Do you think you're great, Roddy? Well, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Colin was wearing... A- no, he did. Colin was wearing that long jacket, one of the long, long jackets that he had, and he had a, ba- a baseball cap on, on backwards. backwards, and he was walking through town. <laughs> Colin, he said, then one of the junkies said to him, Colin, what did he say? Tell him. He said, snooch to the boot, yeah. <laughs> When he came in and told me and I looked at him I was like Colin he's not wrong like he literally looked like Silent Bob <laughs> snooch to the boot yeah <laughs> anyway hello everyone do you remember that Twitter thread, thread that was just like Irish people being really Irish oh my god but making fun of people's clothes yeah and then there was people in the comments going they say bullying I was like you wouldn't last five minutes in Ireland like not it was like uh, Donald Gleeson was on a podcast that I was listening to a while ago and he was saying that uh when he comes back to Ireland, there's clothes that he won't wear in Ireland because uh, he can't, because he can't. And he said he came back and he prepared these green runners and he was walking down like O'Connell Street and people were shouting with some lad was shouting him, fucking highlight our feet, highlight our feet across the road. And he knew it. He said, I, I pretended I didn't know he was talking to me. But uh, he's like, I knew he was talking to me. But I said, he wouldn't last five fucking minutes. No, that God, thread no. was so funny. That thread was it hilarious. It made me laugh so much. I can't remember, the Red Beret one that somebody said something to her, I can't remember what it was. I mean, it was um, so one where a fella had worn like a certain like top and he was like I was standing in a queue and yeah. the lads were like how much money are you putting on the j- how much money are you putting on for the jockey up there <laughs> like, and he was like when I looked I did look like a jockey, look like a jockey yeah. he was like I didn't know any of these people <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing like we do it to each other as well oh, my all da- the time my all dad the time. like my dad is the worst friend. <laughs> Like that's why you know those things I'd I know, say to you. I know you specifically look like a thing. Cause yeah, I'd say to you, yeah. I look like a, I look like I'm going ice skating. Yeah. I look like an ice skater, and you'd be like, no, and I'd be like, yeah, I do. I think I look like a streetwalker in that jacket. Which one? The furry white one. Oh, you look like a pimp. Hey, baby, you looking for yeah, a Yeah, when you had it just on your shoulders, I was like, Jesus, She's she pimping. had pain. Like, he'd <laughs> be like, good the fuck. <laughs> I think I look like a little streetwalker. Um, hey, baby, you looking for yeah. a date? I remember when I used to curl my hair. It was red. My dad used to call me Fizz from Coronation Street. See, I don't... Okay. You know what? I'm going to Google this because I don't know what that is. <laughs> she was just really annoying. Fizz. From Coronation Street. Like F-I-Z-Z? Street. Yeah, Fizz from Coronation Street. Because I like, honest to God, don't have a And then I once wore an orange bandana, bandana top that was quite bright and he called me Winnie Mandela for about two weeks. 
That's something. Whenever I came into the kitchen, even this when, person. Yeah, you don't look like her. Yeah, he'd be like, "All right, Fizz." <laughs> I like. What? Oh, he just got to a point where it annoyed me so much that he just would keep saying it. Oh I was like, God. "Stop calling me Fizz." <laughs> And he'd be like, what? There's something wrong? What? What? But Why don't thing, you want like, to... You would... You would inter- like, if somebody ever said anything that, that, that to me, I'd immediately like, I do look like that and I can never do this again. So I get why you... Like, Colin tells me regularly he will say that I look like a wrestler. And every day it's a different wrestler. It's not one specific wrestler. I'll come in with an outfit and he'd be like, you look like Jimbo Jones from 1982. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But then I look at it and I'm like, oh, I do look like... You do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wore that, that, or that yellow suit that I wear. He tells me I look like... um. The Hulk Hogan. The Hulk Hogan. The Hulk Hogan. The Hulk Hogan. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of Murder Must Hello! We're back. Sarah's back! Back! We're back, baby! I told you that I'll be quit. She did. I heard Colin that she had created a million heart attacks. <laughs> I heard she created a Ferrari. A in the million heart attacks. Imagine if we did quit. How would we tell people? I think you just put it up on your like website, right? We're out. We're bitches! Out. Happy birthday, bitches. I would tell anybody. Have a mimosa, bitches. I would just cancel. I would just delete Instagram. Delete the Instagram, delete Twitter. I'd say cry about it. Delete the Instagram. Um, Yeah. I think that's what you do. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. We're not quitting. We haven't quit. Sarah was lying. I was on holidays. She was in the Florida. I was having the best time ever. Florida. I was meeting the mouse. She was. I was over meeting the mouse. Million Mickeys everywhere. You can't meet the mouse anymore because of COVID. So what can you do? All the pictures are like from a distance. Oh, that's why from they, a distance. the princess is behind you. Yeah, the princess is behind you and you've got a mask on. You're like, hey, yeah, big bitches. COVID is so weird. Yeah, COVID is weird. And COVID it's weird taking weird. a picture. I don't know, like, it's weird taking a picture of your kid with a mask on her yeah. face. So there's like tons of pictures of yeah, Minnie with, with like a mask on. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and like him, but she has her mask on in all of them. Like, like even when I was over with Flavio and his friends came, I know this is silly, but... I couldn't give them a, I didn't want to hug them because mm. I was like I don't know if you're comfortable so it's just like hi and I never met these people before and usually I'm like handshake hug or whatever and I was like this is so weird I can't Yeah. and I immediately feel rude even though it's not rude because everybody's the same and plus I think some people don't like to be hugged well I don't care I know you don't <laughs> personal space I actually rarely hug anybody I'm not a hugger no I'm not a hugger I'm although not. I gave you a hug today yeah well you hug me all the I time I hug you all the time um but yeah, it was weird that. But other than that, it was amazing. Good. Not other than that. that even with that, it was amazing. You're like, this is incredible. Like, it was actually kind of... You were living your best life. Yeah. In Florida. Yeah. In Florida. In Florida. I really want to go now. Seeing your pictures, I was like... Oh, Let's go. Like so much fun. I, tell, I would recommend highly anybody that can go. It would be go. weird just an adult going, though. No. No kids. Okay. Now, I will say there's an awful lot of people that if they hadn't met the person they were with, they'd be alone. They won't be going to. Won't be going anywhere. It's an awful lot of people walking around with like matching <coughs> like Disney outfits on and no children. Honest to God, like some of these people need to have a conversation with themselves. They say, "What am I doing?" Just what yeah, is this like, like what it, what's happening here now? Why do I love Mickey so much? Why do I love Mickey? And then the other thing, the as an Col- Irish person, that's really Tyler Collins autobiography difficult, <laughs> difficult to get over is your daughter just constantly going, "There's a Mickey!" Like <laughs> <laughs> Lily just is like obsessed with hidden Mickey's, hidden and she Mickey's. keeps like, "Look at that Mickey!" And then a couple of times she was like, "There's a massive Mickey over there!" It's like, "Is there a massive Mickey over there?" Never ever tell her. <laughs> Never tell her. Like, um, there's a couple of moments where me and Graham were like looking at each other <laughs> um, but honestly if you get the opportunity to go and do it I would recommend everybody going and doing it it is not cheap 
It's not cheap as chips, but lads. You could like there is there is ways of doing it that make it a little yeah. bit more reasonable. But like if you're gonna go to Florida, Florida. and you're gonna spend all that time getting there, yeah, like, you want to be comfortable and happy. Yeah, Florida's a crazy place, man. But I'm glad you had a nice time. You had a great time. I'm I had glad a you enjoyed pretty good yourself. time. And I'm glad you're back. Would you like me to tell my uh, getting on a plane story? Yes. I, everybody needs to hear this. This is one of... I, I wasn't here to witness it. I'm usually there to witness it. But this time I was not. Yeah. Calibri. It was very intense. <laughs> Poor Sarah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, but it just was like... I was like, oh, fuck. When you text me, I was like, here we go. So how Emma found out about this... Well, she didn't actually find out about all the story, but how no. Emma found out that the plane had not gone as well as we thought um, <laughs> was that I sent her a picture of me in the bathroom in London Gatwick with my underpants and my trousers on the floor and my shoes and my socks off. Because I had weed all over myself. She had wee weed. Uh, for one of many reasons. <laughs> um, so essentially our flight was at 6.03 or 6.30 a.m. One of the two. Uh, anyway, we got to the airport three and a half hours before the flight. And the flight, the people were like, get there two hours before, yeah. that's enough time. When we got there, Aer Lingus had 18 staff out from oh, COVID. Yeah. And there was like nearly a three hour queue just to check in. And we couldn't Ugh. check in online because of COVID and because the Verifly app wouldn't yeah. work. So I said to the lady in the thing, like, where our flight is in like this time. And she was like, Good evening. Good evening. Sorry, Minnie Mesfits. Um, she was like, You're just going to have to queue. And then if it's like a half hour before your flight, get out of that queue and get onto that priority queue. Right. And I was like, What? So I said to Graham, We're not making this flight. Anyway, we got up eventually to the top and we had a half hour to go before our flight was due. I said to the guy, like, with a half hour, like, if it's bad down here, how bad is security? Yeah. And he was like, the, everybody knows that we're really short-staffed, so just, like, be fine, go like up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? They're going to fucking hold the plane for us. Yeah. Like. And anyway, we got upstairs. Security was rammed. Said to security guard... Um, is there any way I can do this any faster? He said, if you pay 15 euro each and go over to that priority line, you can get through. But even that was rammed. So when we got up there, I said to that security guard, listen, our flight is taking off at this point, 15 minutes. Oh my God, sir. I was like, our flight is taking... No, that's not true. Our flight is taking off in a half hour. I would have cried, I think. And he was like, uh, you're like, this is the best. I can't do anything, yeah. essentially. But the people in front of him were like, go ahead of us. How nice however Sarah just took that and ran with it so I grabbed Lily by the hand and grabbed Graham and was like just told literally everybody in the queue that security had told me I could go to the top because our flight was about to take off which wasn't necessarily true Uh, got to the top got through security when we got through security we had 15 minutes till the gate closed no till the plane took off gate was already closing we were in Terminal 2 because that's where we were told to check in and then it turned out that our flight was taken off from Terminal 1. So we had to walk all, run all the way to Terminal 1. We got to Terminal 1 and I saw a gate number which I assumed was our gate number <laughs> and uh, Graham and Lily like shot ahead of me because Lily was on a scooter and Graham was much fitter than me. Yeah. So they shot ahead of me and I was still <laughs> running and the f- area where Aer Lingus take off in Terminal 1 they ran past but I was too far behind them to stop them. Yeah. And I was like, what? So I continued to follow them. So I was like, I must have gotten, I must have gotten it wrong yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. thought. And as I was running, I was like, they've gone to the fucking Reiner. Reiner. Hall. Reiner Gates. And as I got into the Reiner area, Graham's bag had like exploded. And he was like telling this like guy on the gate, he was like, that's our flight. 
And then I just appeared out nowhere, Graham said, because I have no memory of any of this. And literally at the opening and entrance of the hall, just went, fuck! <laughs> Graham said she threw her hands up in the air and went, fuck! <laughs> and he said like there was like 50 people and they all just turned around. Yes! He said 50 people just turned around and looked at me and the whole place felt silent and I was like this is an air fly like we've come to the wrong fly this, and oh I went he, he said you went this is fucking right air like, the guy on the gate who was very nice was like this is the Ryanair flight obviously and you're flying with Erling this isn't your flight yeah he was like but your flight has I can I, your can flight is still it here left, yeah. go to the gate so we had to run all the way back go down to oh the gate oh my god Graham and Lily went ahead again because Lily was on her scooter or her scoot case as we call it and they got there and Graham just went to the woman my wife is behind me she's not that fit <laughs> <laughs> he said that I appeared like out of breath and like but when we were I was so stressed in the Ryanair gate you area fact, yeah. that I started to throw I started to throw up oh my god but I was holding it down so I was like <coughs> running and be like huh, huh. Oh, no, and no, Lily no, no, no. was like are you okay and I was like I just need you to go with daddy yeah just, just go, go with just daddy go, yeah. so he got anyway to the gate and then I appeared and so the lady was she was so nice but they held the plane for us so, nice. so she was like we've been waiting for you and we've been calling you and we know you're in the airport because yeah. you checked in we know we're short staff she was like and because you're going to Orlando we we're held, waiting for we you we held the plane so we had to walk across the tarmac our, our suitcases and all were still on the tarmac it was, they weren't lifted or anything Jesus they put all that on the plane as we were getting on the plane and then I got onto my seat on the plane and I literally immediately started to throw up oh dude and it was just from the stress. It was actually more because I'm so unfit, I think. Yeah, because when I run, if I run too much, I'm like, I'm going to vomit. So we, we ran for a solid half hour. Like, there was no, I couldn't stop running. You had to like, keep. Like, there was just like, I have to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just started to throw up. And then obviously, because I'm such a terrible traveler, yeah. I never got a chance to take any of my medication because yeah. we're in, cause I'm supposed to take it an hour before the flight. Yeah. Because we're in such a hurry. You were literally like, I, I didn't don't do any of yeah. that. And then I started to throw up and then the plane took off and I just threw up for the entire, when I mean the entire oh, length of the flight, dude. I'm not even like, pretend, like Graham was like, you were really bad. I just threw up the entire length of the flight. Like, um, no, I was very proud of myself because I didn't get sick of myself. And I Good job, buddy. all of the sick bags on plane. Um, <laughs> But the plane was bumpy as well, like it was a turbulent yeah, flight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I tripped the whole way. And then we got off at London Gatwick and I went and bought trout, bought leggings and fat face, which I have to say, amazing. Shout out to fat and face sponsor. We got on our other flight fine and I took so much medication that there was no way in hell I was throwing. You were going to throw up. And I had fresh uh, leggings and underpants on. So this on. is what it's regular like traveling with Sarah. <laughs> if anybody ever gets to travel, this is not a, like, I was out there event. I, won't, I had like um, the like underwear, the underpants with the, for weeing. Oh, very good. Yeah, I was like, if you're going to throw up, it's going to happen. Hey, you're going to wee yourself. It. That's really like, good that you did that. So I had them on, but it didn't matter. No, it was, it was really bad. It was terrible. It was gushing. Yeah, like we when we got off at London Gatwick. Did it, Lily, t- Lily said something. Lily was like, um, what's that in the seat? And Graves went Oof. to him. Sarah, or Graves went to her. Shush, shush, Lily. And then like the, I just got off the back of the plane and stood there and waited for them to, like yeah. Graham got everything and I was just like, Wobbling. Breathing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody that got off the plane were like, "We hope you're okay." And That's so, so, sweet, nice. so nice. I love Ryan or Aer Lingus. I know people. I've seen people complain about Aer Lingus. My God, Aer Lingus are fucking brilliant. 
Yeah. Like, they're so good. And their staff are so fucking nice. Yeah. She was like, so funny. She was like, do you want to go to this other seat? And I was like, listen, no, we're already here. It's already pissing this like, seat. Just, do, you want, just, do you want two pissing seats to clean? point me, Melvin. Yeah. She was like, oh, just because I'm going to sit. Because Lily and Graham are so used to me that they just got cheese sandwiches and that around me. And, um... I was like no they're cool like they're fine she's like oh, I thought the smell of food would be bothering it and I was like it doesn't matter at this point it, it's happening it's, it's happening, happening. But I'm glad I, for the entire flight I just had my head buried in on the seat in front oh, of me Sarah, I, I know I know how sick you got like yeah, it's horrible. I just threw up for the whole thing and it was like it was really loud it was like, <laughs> it was a lot One of, of those? it was this oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I just go quiet and you'd hear it and then it was oh! <laughs> <laughs> Was giving birth down the back of the plane. Uh, So, housekeeping. Housekeeping. We made a website. Well, we didn't. Fabio did. I did nothing. I sat there and went, uh huh, yeah, Mm -hmm. totally know, totally Mm -hmm. know what you're doing. Which green do you want? That one? I don't know. Seafoam green. He was like, every time anybody asks, all the greens matching with the pinks. But yeah, we made a website. It's called MurderMost.Irish, and it has links to our Patreon and our merch and all the jazz. Someone bought. Someone bought MurderMostIrish.com and whoever you are may no good come to you. Um, so we had to get MurderMost.Irish and if there's a link on our Instagram and on our Twitter I presume and you can just go there and it has all our links but because before we would be like here's seven links for you to find things. So we're stopped doing that now so you can find everything on that. Um, we also have new merch which is up there that Flavio helped make and Sarah's design. Sarah's design which is fabulous. Um, so um, yes that's what and Colin asked me just to tell you that this week's Patreon I wrote this down is has murder most Irish drive we went for a drive and then for the last couple of weeks we have been doing miscellaneous most Irish which is stories that me and Colin chose and we did one on Chris Benoit which is horrible and Betty and Barney Hill which is like an alien abduction one so he told me so I'm, I'm flogging stuff I'm doing it it's happening yeah I'm doing it I um, it. yeah and also I wanted to say thank you so much to Megan who's sad cap- captain on Instagram oh. who sent us the best Christmas cards and I will put up a picture of it I'll put up a picture of it now actually um, just thank you so much Megan we, we only got them because Sarah just got back from Florida so we, we didn't have them so they okay. came after Christmas oh so thank you so so much we really really appreciate it um, was there anything else? Yes. Uh, <laughs> my sister Becky asked me to say hello to her friend Blonid, who listens to Hi, Blonid. Po- <laughs> Hi Blonid, who listens to our podcast because she was like, where's the new episode? So Blonid, here it is. Here it is. Well, you're going to be disappointed, I'm sure, but enjoy. Uh, so hello and to Blonid, who has the best name, which means flower in Irish. Flower. Oh, little flower. She's a little flower. I don't know what Blonid What's looks like. What's your name in Irish? But uh, Emma. Is Emma the Irish for Irish? Just Emma. Yeah, it's Emma. It's, it's Germanic, so it's Emma. Oh. It That's means disappointment. No, my name means no nurse or carekeeper. That's what my name means. What? So boring. No other way. people are like light of the forest in the dark. Love. What does my name mean? Mine's just like nurse. My name, I think, think means princess. I doubt it. I'm. I think, <laughs> I think it does. Also, I just want to tell everybody that I got to live one of my dreams last week, which was I got to uh, extract a massive blackhead from my boyfriend's chest, and I was very excited about it. And I got to do the whole thing, and I got to do like the slit and then the push. We shouldn't be have a podcast. So I just went. Do you know why? And it went. Wait, listen, you're getting the best of both worlds in this podcast. This is like 
in the inside of Billy Connolly's you're brain. You're getting the best. You're, 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 you're not paying for this. What do you expect? <laughs> Good content for what free. What are you talking about? The, for the free? Patreon's the exact same. For free? No, it's not. The Patreon's great. Connell, the Patreon is great and we love it very much. Thank you. Is That's he holding it. a gun to your head? <laughs> every time we talk about the Patreon, it sounds... Every time I try to vlog stuff, it sounds like I have a script. I don't have a script. I have words like merch and then I just say it. New merch! New merch. Here, do um, you know I put stuff up on Twitter with pictures of like new art ideas <laughs> But I actually need a little bit of inspiration. From whom? Just people. Like, what do they want? What do you want? Pe- what do you want? Although I did figure out how to do the font thing. Okay, so cool. So I've made your names the way you want oh, them. Oh, nice. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. Thank you to the people that have bought the leggings. Because honestly, I was mixing that. <laughs> I, that idea immediately, I was like, we're not making leggings. And he was like, just make them. Flavio. Sold a pair in 15 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I'm not making these. This is pointless. 15 minutes we sold the first pair and now we sold like six pairs so I don't know please, I, I you, wear the leggings will you send me a picture if you're wearing my these house. leggings because <laughs> I was just I can't I, no, I was I, explaining that idea big time I was like no we're not making leggings I don't think I could wear our merch oh no I have a tote bag but I do this thing when I'm out where I turn it around because I feel weird I turn it to the black side what's wrong with us I don't know when people compliment me I'm just like ha no we're shit <laughs> We're terrible. We're the worst podcast ever. Like I immediately have to like put us put us down. Yeah, no. At that time, that driver in work was like, "Are you Sarah Jane?" I was like, yeah. "I was like, no." And kept he walking. was like, uh, "I love how much you hate men." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I literally was like, I'm sorry." Speaking of hating men, um, we hope you're all okay. This has been a terrible, a garbage month so far. Like horrific. Um. Everything is awful. I just really hope everyone's okay. I know everybody is really upset, fed up, pissed off, angry, sad. It's been horrible. And it still is. And every day I'm like obsessively checking to see if there's been any update update on the death of murder. Murder of Ashling Murphy. I don't think even when the update comes it'll make me feel no, anything. I just I just I don't think s- it's gonna make me feel better. No, I just wanna like, like say we're thinking we're this is where our hearts go out to Ashling's family and her friends and her pupils, like the how do you explain that to a kid? How do you explain that to a child? How do you tell it? How do you fucking... How do you... That's like a core memory. They're never going to forget that. Do you know what I mean? No, that's their like, teacher was murdered. My teacher was murdered. Um, Just, we really hope you're all okay because I think every single person is really fucking affected by this right now. And... It's just one thing after another, right? Yeah. Like, it's like nonstop. Um, you know, and... um, And I get that, like, everybody was... I don't know, we spoke about it a little bit on the Patreon, but we were kind of, like, trying to... Not talk about it on Patreon because we just needed a day yeah, to, not, to not be obsessing about it. And, um, um, but it's like, it's not shocking. But that's it's the not thing. new. It's not new because when people were like, I can't believe this. I'm like, have you, do you not know our history? Like, but do you know what the thing that bothered me? And like, I know maybe this is probably going to get me in loads of trouble. And maybe someone's like, people are going to be offended or upset. They couldn't believe it because apparently she'd done everything right. That's the frustrating part about it. What? What? Like, it's four o'clock Why in the she, day. How is she... Like, what do you mean she'd done everything right? We can't. Like, if I go for a run at 5am, have I done something wrong? And it would be that thing because that's the mentality that started to be created. So what happened to Sarah Everard was like, you know, people were saying, oh, she was walking late. She was walking in the dark. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? What was she meant to do? She was going Home. home. She was going to her house. But we're meant to have other laws around how we do things. We're not meant to, we're meant to silence ourselves and make make ourselves tiny 
So men don't murder us, but yet they're still going to murder us. Mm. They'll murder you in your home. Your husband will murder you. Your boyfriend will murder you. Your father will murder you. Your brother will murder you. You're in your home. We're not safe anywhere. And I'm not being dramatic now, but we're not safe anywhere. How many cases do we cover where it's the husband? Where a woman is in her house thinking, I'm safe. It's like like 100% of the of time. And it's like, so this woman was in her house and she's been battered to death. So what did she do? Like, it's so frustrating. I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm like, that family, that family had to get that phone call to be like, your daughter is mur, she is dead on the road. Some man beat her to death. Mm. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. I will say the outpouring has been amazing and people are so wonderful and they're trying their best to, you know, because I did see some people being like, what's the point of the vigils? The point of the vigils is mourning. That's the point of the vigils. Like, Who said people what? People on Twitter being like, what's the point of this? It's fucking stupid. It's not fucking stupid. We're, the country is in fucking mourning for a 23-year-old girl. Like, to me, that age, I'm like, that's a fucking kid. That's a child. Like, that's so young. Who was beaten to death on a fucking, we're a tiny country. Mm. Like, we're in mourning. That's that's what this is, you know. And then one of my f- girl I know was telling me she was in town last, the other day at one of the vigils. And there was people shouting at them. Like, what are you doing? Fucking stadiums. Wah, wah, wah. Like, I just, I give up. Like, you know, and that's what they say. You're meant to look for the helpers and you're meant to look for the kindness. That's no, and I think that was it. one of the things I saw yesterday in the vigil that was in Tullamore. Um, one of the like obviously the journalist there was yeah. like asking people in the crowd and one of the things that one of these the people that had attended said was like what has happened is so utterly horrible yeah. and disgusting he was like but look at how many people are here yeah. and he was like and I like you have to in these moments look at how many like for one for that one person yeah. that did this Look how many people are here that are like absolutely horrified and disgusted. Um, I want, and to, I want to help the family and want yeah. to show up and like demonstrate how much like this isn't okay and how much as a society we're not accepting we're not this. accepting this. Uh, but then, and I get that, but it's really, and I know that, like what we do, right? So like what me and you do on a weekly basis yeah. is we like get in amidst of this stuff yeah. and read everything we possibly can and make sure that all the information we have is like truthful, correct and accurate um, and tell the story of like these terrible, terrible things. So it's like, we're actively on a weekly basis, not looking for the good and not looking for no, the people. No, we're just looking for the negative yeah. and the horrible. Um, and the so awful. I get that, but it's like, like, what was that girl's name in Bali for? Was her name Idris? Uh, Alana Idris. Alana Idris. Like, a teenager. Idris, yeah. Like... 17 years old. 17 years old. Violently mm-hmm. premeditated attacked. Yeah. Like... They went out to do it. Near attempted murder. Yeah. 100% that was attempted murder. Um, Blind in one eye. And the two individuals that did it, who are grown men... Yep. Who are not teenagers... Nope. One is 19 and one is 18. Yep. Are out on 200 euro bail. Yep. And do not have to sign in at a guard station. Nope. They are walking around. And. She is blinded in one eye and traumatised for the rest, rest of, of her, her life. life. And her poor friend as well. Who got her friend stabbed, was stabbed. Who tried to step in to save her life was stabbed. And they would have killed her, Sarah. Yeah. They would have killed her. And you're giving them 200 euro bail. 
Like, how do we have any faith in the judicial system in this country when you were handing out and they're like, we, the government is like, we respect women, we want women's safety. And you hand out 200 euro bail to two men that beat a woman senseless because she was black and a woman. Yeah. On the middle of a street. And had been like tormenting, tormenting her the poor for girl. months. Yes. Yeah. And you're telling me you respect women and you care about women. Put like, your fucking money where your mouth is, Michal Martin, because you don't care about women when men are murdering their wives and getting out in seven years. You don't care about women. No. And that's where it starts from the top. If you care about women, change the fucking laws. You tell these men, if you put your hand on this woman, you are going to jail. Mm-hmm. That's how you start. Not if I beat my wife, I'll get three months and it'll be suspended and I'll be out again to do it again. Because they know they can get away with it. You know what I learned over Christmas and I, we haven't done a podcast since I went, but I went to a women's aid shelter Yeah, for uh, essentially to uh, donate stuff for yeah. Christmas. And I learned that in the past four years, so one, this women's aid shelter had over 280 families in its care in Tala and Ratcool alone Sarah for fuck's sake and the woman that was speaking to me and like telling me about like what they do and telling me about she was like previous uh, there was a agreement that the councils worked together okay so you would move families out of the area they were from okay but then the councils decided that they were going to separate and not work together on it anymore so she was like we have women and children in women's aid <clears throat> shelters in Tala 20 minutes away from where he is oh my god and they can't go to the shop or the bank because he lives in the area and she was like and we can't move them anywhere else so they stay in the area and the, like in the council area they're from within that and can't go anywhere else because somewhere somebody somewhere in like a like form of government made this decision and never considered about the real life impacts. Who made that decision? A man man made that decision. Never considered about the real life impacts on these families. And she was like, we've had, and she was like, and it happens, it because, the reason it's a, she was like, it's obviously a problem, but she was like, what actually happens is these people very quickly find out where their family is. Of course they do. And she was like, and so often we have to move these children in the middle of the night. And she was like, and they go with nothing. She's like, so we have to move a mother and her children or like a child in the middle of the night with no like we can't explain to the kids why they can't take they don't have time to take she was like most of them don't come with anything because they wait for a moment where it's safe to go yeah and she was like and then we re-traumatize them by doing the exact same same thing thing. but somehow when they get here we're telling them they're safe and then you have the government telling you they care about women and they're gonna do something and we care so much and this has to stop you can get up on your soapbox and say the words She's you need to say. jogging over a bridge that was named after a lady called Fiona yeah. Pender who went missing in yeah. 1980... 1996. was seven months pregnant. Yep. And we have never found her body. No. Nope. We've never arrested anybody for their murder because nope. she's clearly been murdered. Yep. There's a clear indication that people know who did it. Nothing a number of people have gone and spoken <laughs> yep. to the guards. And nothing has um, been done. And nothing has nothing been done. Nothing has been done. And, and that's what I was saying to Sarah the other day my fear with this case at the moment because this person didn't know her that's my fear because this there's a tendency in this country unless the killer is like closely related to the person or known to the family it's rarely the person is rarely found and that was my fear when I heard 
I was like, right, that he was not known to her. She was not known to him. The chances of us getting this motherfucker are probably slim to none. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong. And they find this motherfucker. But how long is he going to get in jail? How long is he going to be in there for? Oh, six years out in good behavior mm-hmm. to go out and murder and rape another woman? Mm-hmm. Oh, how is this happening? We're going to stop this violence against women. Oh my God, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. a single, you're not putting any money into these women's shelters. You're not putting any money into education to, for men and boys. Although at this point, I'm like, can we educate them? I don't think so. You know the sexual education, um, I don't know what you call it, program. Yeah has not been updated or amended in 20 years That's not surprised in the Republic of Ireland. Not surprised by that at all. We are so, as advanced and as as mo- moved forward as we think we are, we are so fucking archaic about things like. But it's frustrating to listen to a bunch of politicians tell you that they care about women and they're going to do so much about women and then they put men who murder their spouses in jail for five years. Mm. Five years. Six years. And let them do as many fucking... Uh, going back to the court to be like I want to contest this as they want yeah <laughs> as they want just do as many as you want and the poor families have to go round and round and round and write letters and go to Thonishtas and TDs and they're being ignored and then you care about women you don't care about women uh-huh. you don't give a fiddler's fuck about women the femicide in this country is off the charts for the size of our country the abuse rates the sexism, the fucking misogyny is non-stop in this country and people are just pretending it's not. And I don't care if you have a husband. I don't care if you have a son. I don't care if you have a boyfriend and they're the nicest person in the world. I don't give a fuck because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. It's not about your husband. And if you're taking offence to what we're saying, maybe you need to look at your husband a little that's bit. That's what I said I said yesterday. I said if, if you're... Like... If you're one of those people that the minute this need comes that. up and like this thing of like, well, it's not all men. Like, why is that why? instead of saying what have you got to hide what, instead of saying like, what did you do yeah, like and the thing about it is women aren't a lot of women aren't even saying all men oh, a lot of women are just saying I'm men saying men. Men, just men. men we're just like because we can't go oh well we can't name all the men that have done this but not you John <laughs> not you Greg you're fine not Mary's husband. He's a lovely chap. Although he'll stand in the in the house and make jokes about her her, her femaleness and her sex. He'll make jokes yeah. about that. But that's perfectly fine and it's not creating an entire environment where men grow up thinking women are subordinate to them. It's not watching my mother and your mother, I'm sure, cater for a grown-ass mm-hmm. fucking man mm-hmm. who literally should have been left out on the street by himself mm-hmm. cooking for him cleaning for him and being verbally abused mm-hmm. and treated like a piece of fucking garbage on the ground because they don't want a wife they want a second mammy. mammy until I know that I am safe it's all men because we can't go around thinking it's not all men exactly we can't I can't walk across the road to your house and see four lads standing there and go not you though no that's definitely it. not you because no. I know your mammy's a nice woman I don't fucking know that so until I do know that it's all men. men. It's not that difficult to comprehend. And if your initial reaction to it is, not my husband. Shut the fuck up. No one asked you then. If your mm. husband hasn't raped anybody, congratulations, the bar is in hell. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm so frustrated and I'm so sick of seeing this shit. And I'm so sick of like, people like these insidious little jokes that people think are harmless. Mm-hmm. They're fucking not harmless. No. They're not harmless. Like I was, the other day I was uh, on my, I quite often go through my like Facebook video feed yeah. you know where they like send videos yeah, yeah, that they yeah, think yeah, you might yeah. like and I don't know why but there's an algorithm somehow on my Facebook that's around Grand Theft Auto oh okay and it's around the online version of Grand Theft Auto now I don't like Graham plays Grand Theft Auto yeah and 
we have had multiple conversations around the fact that he's probably playing with 11 year olds <laughs> and that it's not cool but he plays it and that's what he does when he wants to like decompress yeah I watched 18 videos not one after the other but I counted them because I just thought it was really odd yeah Of so people make so in Grand Theft Auto Online you can make like like tracks they call them but essentially it's like and it's it's for me to explain it's it, I'm not explaining it the best way essentially it's like building stuff on top of stuff so like garbage cans fences oh I know what you're talking about and they yeah, build yeah, them yeah. up into the sky yeah and then you can put people up there okay and I watched like 18 individual videos made by different people yeah and they put like people on top of these things and were pushing them off Jesus and I, I didn't get the point of it there was no male characters being pushed off. No, it's just women. They were all women. It's just women. And I was like, I just don't... And I like, I get that this week in particular is going to make me more yeah, sensitive to Yeah, you're so sensitive things. to it. Yeah, no, and I get that. But I was like, this, like, do you understand that those tiny ideas, yeah. be, like, yeah. these games are... And when I say that, and I get that, it's like, someone's going to come for me and be like, well, their parents aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But that's not my. That's no, not that's the point. not the point. The point is, is that this game was built it's with the point this, that this can exist, and it is, exists. That and all happens. of these women, by the way, are like in this game. They're sex workers. Sex workers. Yeah, because that's the only female characters in GTA. And I believe I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, they're like so. When I played GTA, like, and I've played the game that's not online. Yeah. Um, all of the main characters. There's never been a female character that you can play. They're all just male characters. Not only male. that, they just hire Dr. Dre, a known woman beater, to be in their games, so they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And there, these people are releasing statements, being like, "We care about women." No, you don't. Mm. No, you don't care about women. No one cares. I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, no one cares about women except women. That's yeah. how I feel. I'm like, I don't trust you. I don't. There, you're not like people like you know, Killjoy feminist and blah 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 blah. And oh, don't make those jokes around Emma because Emma will get upset. Yeah, I will get upset. I will get upset. Yeah. Because your jokes are killing women. Like, do you not see the correlation But they here? don't see the correlation. Because no, it's like, but I just tell the jokes, I've never hit anybody. No, but that's not the point. It's not the you point. Have a, you, you make these jokes, you have a son, your son makes these jokes. And immediately what happens is they other women. Yeah. And they're like, that I'm going to get. Because I've seen things of people getting married and men getting married. And then caught, like, behaving like, why do you hate your wife? Yeah. What is this? The old ball and chain, oh, well, she'd shut up. Yeah. Why the fuck did you marry, marry her? her? What is this? I don't understand this mentality. It's no. like, why did you marry this person if you don't like her? Because mm. you wanted a second mammy yeah. to wipe your arse for you and yeah. make your dinner for you and yeah. raise your children for you and clean your dishes for you. No. 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 Um, I'm very angry. I'm sorry. I've been very angry, but I'm just... No, and I think for me, and anyway, like I spent up. all week... I spent the like... I just spent being upset yeah. and angry and I couldn't verbalise it. No, you but, just, and it I just feels ver- like it's caught in your I couldn't verbalise it because, and this is the truth of it, and it's, Graham listens to this podcast, so it's going to be really difficult for him to hear, but I couldn't verbalise it because I'm surrounded by men that don't understand. Yeah. Because it's... Because like, that same morning I said this on the Patreon, I watched a, com- a comedian that I follow on Instagram, and he was out jogging at like five in the morning, and he was like making this like funny reel. And I was like, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is funny. But I was like, I can't go at that time. No. No. Like, like I come across from your house and I put my keys between my fingers. Yeah. I was coming across from your house just before Christmas and I was walking down this bunch of lads and I rang Colin because just to have, and I walked the whole way around. Yeah. And like, as I said to you, when I used to go out with my ex-boyfriend, he would go walking through that park at 11 o'clock at night. Not even think about it. Not even think about it. Yeah. 
Like I find it hard to go up there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so, I, I put my earphones in but I don't play music. Yeah. It's like, it's never ending. Um, and, and so I just found it like, I found it like, I didn't feel, because people were kind of saying online, oh, well, like we're all, like we're, the, the conversation started. So I've had this conversation of, unfortunately, of we've had this conversation 630 odd times because that's how many women have been killed since like, 1996. See you at that next hashtag. Yeah, and that's how like, I feel. No, it hasn't no. opened a dialogue. Nothing, Nothing has changed. changed. And so when it happened, it was like, I'm not shocked. And that's even more sadder. Yep. Because this poor girl. We should be shocked. We should has be. Being brutalized and murdered yep. and isn't here anymore. But I was like, I'm not shocked. And that makes me even more angry because. Yep. I am in shock. And then I was just surrounded by men. Like, I couldn't have this... Co- and Graham was like... Because, like, Graham obviously is a good man. Course, but it's yeah. like... But he doesn't understand what it feels like to no. have to, like, tailor your every movement. Yeah. And that is it. Like, and to have to... Cont- and not even, like, in a way where it's like, I'm not safe. Like, when I say tailor your every movement, I have to consider what I say on emails and work because yeah. I'm a woman in power. And, people and you don't want people to... foresee yeah. it as me being emotional. Yeah. Do you many times I've been told in work... You're emotional. And I'd be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm telling you. But if this was uh, John Heffernan instead of Sarah Jane Heffernan, I would be, be passionate. Yeah. And I would be amazing at my job. Yeah. And strong. And like, and and or like, the amount of times I've been told because of the industry I'm in and it's predominantly male that I only got that senior role because I'm a female. I could count. But I tell you, I couldn't even count it on my 10 fingers. Like I've been told that so many times. And, and then and then you have people telling you that everything's okay. And then you have people telling you being like, well, what more do you want? What else do you Sorry, want? Sorry, what? Not to be murdered, please. Like, Thank you very much. Not I'd to like, be attacked and raped and murdered. That I'd would be like nice. I'd like so many things. And it's not even about not being murdered. It's about the basics. I'd like to, if I'm a woman and I'm pregnant and I get the COVID's a thing, that my partner can come in and help me when I'm giving yeah. birth. That my partner doesn't get the fucking yeah. luxury of being stuck at home. Yeah. Like... I'd like to not have had to fight for how many years for like free yeah. abortion. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to be able to go and tell my GP that I want my tubes yeah. because I don't want any more children without and being not have questioned to ask a about million it. questions. Yeah. Like I'd like to not have to take an, like a pill that harbors and changes my person person and my hormones yeah. and can cause so many so much damage to my body yeah. for how many lo- years I don't want to get pregnant because you don't want to be a, an adult and wear a condom. Yeah. Or get a vasectomy like, if you don't want kids. I, there's so many things that it's like, and that's just the beginning. So when you ask me what more do I want, there's so, so many much things. more I want. And like the onus, the thing no, about... And the, the basic shouldn't be no. that I don't want to be murdered. Please don't kill me should not be the top of that... It literally shouldn't even be a thought process. Like, it should be like, we want so much. Like, people are like, basic human rights. A lot of women don't have basic. And we're only talking about the West. We're only talking about white feminism at this point. Because so many other countries, not in the West, these women are being fucking tortured daily. Like that fucking bishop in India the other day who raped a 19-year-old girl and was caught raping her and got off on it. Mm-hmm. Because he's a fucking judge. Mm-hmm. And because he's a man. Then, like, what the fuck are we meant to do? Like, and then that's the thing. It's like, we're all outcry about like, what's going on now. And then you, people are like, why do we need feminism? And I'm like, okay, listen, why feminism is one thing. And people can ask that question, whatever. But when you look into the depth of what's going on in other countries and other cultures, it is beyond what you could even comprehend. Mm-hmm. What happened to Ashling is happening every 15 minutes. Yeah, every 15, every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, woman, it is happening. A woman is murdered. And then you have people, women coming forward about being raped and you have motherfuckers in the comments being like, oh, she's looking for money. Mm. 
Who the fuck was looking for money? Like, this is why people aren't going and saying, and that's the thing, the other thing about sex, which is really bothering me the last while. I just feel like the thing about sex, you're just talking about the pill. Men get to have all the enjoyment. And none of the burden. None of the burden. The burden of sex and the onus of sex is on a woman yeah. because they can give birth. Now, I can only give birth once a year. Yeah. And they can get how many women pregnant in a fucking year? As many as they want. Exactly. You can go and have a field But day. yet, because I, like, I can only get pregnant. I can only make one yeah, baby, baby a year. year. But I have to own all of the weight of looking after. I have to be on the pill. I have to have the coil, which is a thing inserted inside your body, which absolutely fucks you up. Mm. And also confused to your, just think about this, confused to your vagina to the point where they have to yank it out and they don't give you pain medication. We have to make sure that we don't, if we're potentiality of getting STDs, we have to ask men to wear condoms and a lot of men won't wear condoms Mm -hmm. because they don't like, they don't get the pleasure, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care. Like, it's so frustrating. And it's all, it's, people will say that's not the point, but it is because it all adds up. It all adds up. It all adds up because they think they are entitled to our bodies. Yes. From day fucking one, they think they are entitled to our bodies. Mm-hmm. They grow, why, why do you think all these men are raping and sexually abusing women? Uh-huh. Because they aren't, think they are entitled to your body. That's what rape is. It's entitlement to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Oh, I feel like screaming. I feel like going outside. No, and no, this screaming. week, um, this week in particular has been one of those weeks where I just like, and it's. And this I'm story's sure, not going to help. No, the story's not going to help. <laughs> and the end worse. of this, like, what we're going to talk about next is 100% not going to oh, help. I just. But I, yeah, there's nothing more I can say. Like, I can't, I'm just. Exhausted. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm and exhausted. the other thing I said to you as well is that, like, I'm actually, I just want to do something. Yeah. That's I'm it. I'm sick like, of, like, because it's good that active, online activism is incredibly important and it gets people doing stuff and motivated and out there and I will never dismiss online activism but I want to do something because mm-hmm. I am sick of talking about this. I, know, as I, I said, want to help. donate time. Yeah, I want to donate my time. We're going to volunteer. We're going to volunteer but because I just can't do this I'm just, anymore. And even that, but even that, like I'm like disappointed. Do you ever get when you're like disappointed in yourself because yeah. you feel like you haven't done enough? Well, literally, like, that's me every day. I'm like, I'm sitting here refreshing RTE news to be like, is anything happening? And then I'm like, what am I doing? How am I helping anybody? How yeah. am I helping Ashley's family? How am I doing fucking anything by being angry and going on the podcast and yelling about it? Yeah. And then it's like, no, they're not, these people that you're trying to get through to, you will never get through to. And this is what they keep saying, educate your sons. Listen to me. This is ingrained. The only way we can stop this is judicially. The only way we can stop this is putting laws in place. One strike and your ass is out. That is the only way we can change this. Because unfortunately, for some reason, this is what men are. And we have tried to educate them. It is 2022. This has been going on for centuries. This is not new. Like women in the 40s tried, women in the 50s tried, women in the 60s tried, women in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the noughties, now. We've tried. We can't do anything else. We have, we're screaming at them and they don't want to hear us. Mm-hmm. We're screaming at them and we're being told not all men. Mm-hmm. We're being raped and murdered and abused and beaten. Women in homes who marry men and then they're physically and emotionally abused for their entire marriages. Like, and then we're be- like, what else can we do? We can't, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. We, uh, you can, you can pick up a book and read about feminism. You can pick up a book and read about the femicide. You can pick up the, and read about abuse and murder and sexism and misogyny. And you're screaming at the wall mm-hmm. because they don't see the problem because women are below them. So the only way that we can deal with this right now in this country is to fucking litigate. That's the only way we can mm-hmm. do it. Lawyer up. Get these motherfuckers in jail. But they won't. Yeah. 
But they won't. Like, how many cases have we done where he's like, he murdered his wife in cold blood, he got seven years. Or he murdered his wife in cold blood and got uh, seven years, but was out in five yeah. in Foss, doing Foss course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. or how many cases have we done when you do these, I don't do them, where it's like, oh, we don't know who did it. We don't know who did it. We've just stopped because, like, uh, whatever. Like, like, that's what's happening. And that's the problem. And then they're, they're catching these, like, that fucking, what's his name? That serial rapist. Larry. It's the same with the serial rapist. Oh, Larry, the guy that, the Irish Basically one. the guy that was raping everybody. He's walking around. Yeah. That man is a serial rapist who the Guardi are pretty sure has murdered women. And that motherfucker is walking around this country. So tell me what, what else we're meant to do. Do you think he's going to stop raping? Larry Murphy. That's Larry Murphy. Do you think Larry Murphy is going to stop raping? No, because Larry Murphy is a serial rapist. Like... But anyway, listen, I hope everybody's okay. I know you're not okay. And I know everybody's frustrated and pissed off. And fair play to Louise McSharry because she was fucking pulling people out of it on, on Twitter and she was dead right. She's sick of people's shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She was dead fucking right. I just, I didn't know she doesn't know who we are, but like fair play to her. She was fucking taking no shite from anybody on Twitter because she was, you know, the way when you're looking at people's tweets now and you can feel the anger. Yeah. Like you can feel the frustration and the anger. Um, I just hope you're all okay and... I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Um, anyway, that was our rant. That was our rant. We're sorry for. I'm sorry for shouting. I didn't mean to shout, but I'm just very frustrated and angry and upset and annoyed, and I'm I feel like screaming at the sky. I feel like going in and fucking punching a man in the dick. Here, I'm gonna, I want to change the subject. Go. Guess how much KFC costs in Florida? How much? It's very expensive. <laughs> Is it a speciality in Florida? I Is fucking it a special know it. dish. Fifty-seven dollars for a bucket of chicken in ah, uh, Sarah, fuck off. In, and it's without the Uber, like. You pay for Uber as well. Yeah, because obviously I was getting Ubers. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, for a bucket of chicken, for a f- and, and just a family feast, which you get here, which costs family feast about thirty five, fifty seven dollars. I wouldn't have paid. I didn't pay. I would have went out. Was it a man that was delivering it? No, there was lots of women actually. We're we're taking the chicken and kicked him in the dick. <laughs> said, That's for women. We got tons. I got a bite out of the way. They wing. do in uh, KFC in Florida. Well, they do uh you get a biscuit with every meal. A biscuit? Which is just a scone. Scone. Is it nicer than a scone or not as nice as a scone? It's different than a scone. It's Is it like chalky? No, no, no. They're oh. really soft oh, and okay. really like just like Bitty? Buttery or something. Oh. Like margarine. Mm. But they're actually really nice oh, with are the they? gravy. Okay, okay. Like I tried it with the gravy to be like, you know, I'm going all in. Biscuits and gravy, baby. And biscuits, gravy and mash. Um but it's fifty seven dollars. That's insanity. Chicken. No, I wouldn't have paid it. Um what the one not paying fifty seven dollars? And everybody I met in America was like, "Oh my god, you're Irish! <laughs> oh my god, they love us. They we get away with anything." Like this there. one guy said to Graham, "That's amazing." <laughs> and Graham was like, "No, it's not." Can I tell everybody about my taxi driver in Edinburgh? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, we'll get started in the story in a minute. So I was in Edinburgh, and I was. You need to. I'm telling you now. <laughs> the, the idea I gave you about the taxi driver, an animated taxi driver, I'm taxi driver stories. So I got a taxi driver in Edinburgh. And, oh, there's another part I never told you about this. So I got a taxi driver from uh, Flavia's house to the airport. And I got into the taxi and he was a lovely man, like an older gentleman, really, really nice. And uh, we were chatting and... Um, I'm going to play this in the background while you're... <laughs> while you're doing... Wait, telling me? Your story. What is it? Jolie taxi. He said... Sorry, I'll just play it in the distance. Play he said... Um, you seem like a spiritual person. Now, I don't know where this came from because there's more religion in the cat. And I was like, oh no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not spiritual at all. I don't have any spirituality about me. And he was like, oh no, no, you're, just, you're coming across as quite spiritual. And I was like, no, not at all. And uh, 
then he proceeded to tell me um, that he was psychic. No. He had psychic abilities and that was one of the reasons his wife married him because she could sense it off him, that he knew things and he felt things. And then told me that he helped the police solve a murder of a woman and that he told them where the woman was and that they found her. And then I said to him, what was the woman's name? And he said, out of respect for her, he wouldn't tell me. But I was like, it's probably all over the newspapers. Why wouldn't you tell me what this woman's name is? He's like, out of respect for the victim, I wouldn't tell you. I was like, sir, I'm sure one quick Google. I fucking... If you gave me the name and I'd find her and it'd be everywhere. So then he was just chatting to me and I was like, okay, Sarah's going to love this story. And then we got to the airport and he wouldn't... He just kept talking to me. He was really nice, but he kept talking to me. And... um we were sat like just parked and I that morning had eaten cereal with like whole milk and then I had orange juice so I was this close to shit myself like I was like <laughs> I have to get out of taxi my bowel is like oh, 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 I'm gonna crap myself and um, he just kept giving me the names of like um, websites to go on to check my psychic ability now I'm raging I didn't take any of them down because I really wanted to because he was like I think you might have a gift I think you might sense things I was like going to shit myself and do you not say to him I sense things because I grew up in a violent <laughs> domestic household I didn't know he was like you know you should just check it out just check out your spirit trauma I think you're I think you're a bit psychic and I was like sir no I that you're getting the smell of my farts right now because I'm gonna <laughs> um, and then he told me is this you know that you didn't tell me no yeah this is a bit I didn't tell you so he was telling me about famous people he had in his car so do you know that guy from that TV show uh, I don't believe it Richard Wilson is yeah. that his name he was like to me I had Richard Wilson on my car a couple of times I knew he was gay I knew he was gay I could psychically tell that he was gay and I said to him one time I said you should just come out Richard and he said I don't know I don't know and he said just come out he's like and he did I was like sir what 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 yes he was like I told him I said come out come out Richard I could tell I could sense he was psychic I was like was this complete flamboyancy he was a homosexual yeah he was like I could tell <laughs> I was like that's not psychic ability this man was clearly a homosexual. But he's like, I told him to come out. And he did. <laughs> so I love you, Mr. Taxi Driver, wherever you are. What did he look like? Older man, very tall, uh, kind of bald head with hair at the side. He loved Ireland. Loved I Dublin. am tonight. He's friends with some hotel. Drawing a crystal ball <laughs> with his head inside of it. I love him. But yeah, apparently Mr. I'm, Taxi Man. Apparently I'm psychic. So that's good to know. I got to go test my psychic abilities. But I love How do you, you, sir. you test your psychic abilities? He, gave me, he was telling me the name of this website and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have to get out of your taxi because I'm honest to god gonna shit myself on this how to test yeah he was like you're very oh and then he said I had a good aura oh people always say that to me and I said to Colin he said yeah sure he did <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Colin <laughs> but if I piss kick what's a fucking piss kick um, apparently I'm a psychic and the man solved a crime and he told that man to come out so fair play he knew what was up hey Colin tell us about the Patreon sure thing Lily Pops Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum 
Convenience Bell Bag and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most International for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Um, so my story this week is the disappearance of Fiona Pender. Um, and I got my information. There's a lot of them. I got my information from the nationalpost.com, the Irish Times, irishcentral.com, pressreader, journal.ie, independent.ie, uh, the awfully independent. Anything else that I got? Uh, da, 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 da. Did I say the independent? I did. Uh, yeah. So basically I have all the articles and I'll put them up when I'm putting up the episode so you can see all the awfulness. Um, so on August 21st, 1996, 25-year-old Fiona Pender went shopping for baby clothes with her mother, Josephine. Fiona was seven months pregnant and she and her family were incredibly excited about welcoming Fiona's little girl into the world. Fiona had already named her Millie, which is a lovely name. It's a really nice name. Yeah. So Fiona and her mum, Josephine, spent the day in Tullamore Town and that evening at about 7pm, Josephine dropped Fiona home to the bedsit she shared with her boyfriend and the father of her child, John Thompson, on Church Road in Tullamore. So Josephine noted that her daughter looked fantastic and in good spirits that day. Fiona, who was a hairdresser by trade and a part-time model, was fiercely independent and could not wait to be a mother. So the baby was an added joy to their family, as 14 months earlier, on the 12th of June 1995, Josephine and her husband lost their son Mark in a road traffic accident. So Josephine, her husband Sean, their son John and Fiona were utterly uh, devastated. Josephine said, quote, after losing Mark, Fiona's baby was going to be the new life in the family and we were so looking forward to it. Josephine said Fiona had told her, quote, nothing nothing worse can happen to us now, ma'am. So Fiona's brother John described Fiona as a fun sister and that he had nothing but good memories with her. He said she was bright and bubbly and she always had a smile on her face. and She had a lot of love in her. Josephine described her daughter as a light, the kindest person she knew and that she would light up a room. So Fiona's bed was small, but it was immaculately kept. There's a picture of it online, actually. It's tiny. Yeah, really oh small. my God, it's so tiny. Josephine said she had an eye for colour and design and Fiona was, uh, was her shopping partner who would always pick out the best things for her mum. They were both incredibly close and they spoke every single day. So on the 22nd of August, when Josephine did not hear from Fiona, she became concerned. Trying to put her mind at ease, Josephine told herself that Fiona was probably with friends and having a busy day. However, something wasn't sitting right with Josephine and that night she went to Fiona's apartment and knocked on the door. There was no answer. Josephine began to panic and started searching for Fiona, asking around with friends and family members who said they had not seen or heard from her. Fiona's partner, John, told Josephine that he had left for work at 6am on the 22nd and that she had been home. Now, the only thing is he said that, but he also told the guardie that he had stayed in his parents' house the night previous. He had not seen her since. Um, He had stayed with his parents apparently the night before. 
Josephine and her family contacted the Gardaí, but were told by the Gardaí that, quote, as an adult, Fiona was entitled to go missing if she wanted to. So it would be five days after Josephine Pender reported her daughter missing that the Gardaí would actually begin a search. So how in the guards did he know? That's what I was thinking. Josephine knew Fiona would never just disappear. That she would never leave her family in a state of worry. Quote, I knew something had happened to her. That's a really odd thing for a guard to say. If she wants to go missing, she can. Basically. Five days is not the statute Five either. days. 24 hours. Seven months pregnant. The Garda began, Garda, sorry, began an extensive search. Five days later. Five days. Five days. It's way too long. After the Garda launched an appeal, a witness came forward to tell the Garda that he'd seen two men and a van outside Fiona's house carrying something that looked like a rolled up carpet and putting it into the back of a four by four. The Garda scoured the uh, sorry the country doing extensive door-to-door searches and the Royal Canal in County Offaly was drained, but nothing came of this. Fiona's boyfriend, John, was questioned, but the Gardaí released him as a person of interest. Did he have an alibi? John criticised the Gardaí at the time for arresting him and family members in connection with the disappearance. So there That's were standard. five people arrested. Uh, Thompson, originally from Leash, said the Gardaí did not take adequate action and did not act quickly enough when looking for Fiona. Thompson said, quote, They will tell you that they searched high and low, but they did two searches on this farm and there is a well outside the door. It was never searched, he said. A slurry tank on the farm was also never searched. At the end of the day, Fiona is out there somewhere and it is their job to find her. I just want to highlight the fact that she is still missing, end quote. So the Gardaí dismissed his claims, saying that they had carried out extensive searches, including uh, involving the Air Corps, sub-aqua teams and civil defence personnel. Inspector John Dunleavy said, quote, we have interviewed people in the past and we won't be deterred from interviewing arresting people in the future. So Thompson and his family are met, were, I don't know if they still are, members of the Church of Ireland. They dismissed claims that they were not happy with John dating Fiona as she was a Catholic. Oh. John's father, Archie, said, quote, all I wanted was that John would find a girl he was happy with and I couldn't care less whether she was a Protestant or a Roman Catholic or no religion. I couldn't care less whether she was black or white. Salt of the earth. Michael Jackson. <laughs> a month after Fiona's disappearance, the Gardaí still don't have any leads and continued to ask the public for any help that they could give. The searches continued for a number of months with Fiona's heartbroken family pleading with anyone who had information to come forward. So around this time in Ireland, a number of women uh, had supposedly vanished. Oh, yeah. I love that word. The vanished. vanishing triangle, isn't that what they the call it? The term vanishing triangle became common in the Irish media when describing disappearances of Irish women in the early 90s. The women who were linked to the triangle seemed to have some similar characteristics. All were in their late teens to early 30s. They disappeared inexplicably and no substantial clues have been found to their whereabouts. So the disappearances all occurred on the eastern part of the island and it led Gardaí to believe that there could have been a serial killer active in the area. And it was. The Gardaí set up Operation Trace. We talked about Larry. this. Yeah, we talked about this before. In which they would focus primarily on the women who had disappeared. In 1999, Fiona Pender was still missing and the Gardaí added her to that list. So the women on the list, apart from Fiona, were Annie McCarrick, who was 26, from New York, and she went missing in Wicklow in 1993. She was in Johnny Fox's pub, mm-hmm. wasn't she? Eva Brennan, 39, from Rathgar, who went missing in 1993. Imelda Keenan, who was 22, from Leash, who went missing in 1994. Josephine Jojo Dollard, who was 21, um, from County Kilkenny, and she went missing in 95. Kira Breen, 17, fuck's sake, 
from Louth, who went missing in 1997, Fiona Sinnett, who was 19 from Wexford, who went missing in 98, and Deirdre Jacob, who we did, who was 18, who went missing in 1998 also. So all these women just vanished, in inverted commas. Mm. The Guardi began two major investigations in conjunction with the FBI. A £10,000 reward was offered for any information, but as of today, Operation Trace has not yielded any results in finding any of the missing women, including Fiona. No, nothing at all. Nothing. So in 2000, the Pender family suffered another tragedy. As their utter heartbreak continued, Fiona's brother John returned home to find his father dead upstairs. He had taken his own life. John said, quote, this is just a trigger warning uh, for mentions of suicide, just in case I knew He said, we rang an ambulance. We had a chance to give him CPR. I'll never forget that moment the paramedics came. They let me work on him as a chance to process. Pretty quickly, I realised he was up there too long. John and Josephine said the loss of Sean's two children became too much for him to bear. Quote, he couldn't deal with the loss of his kids and it was just far, far too much for him. That's awful. Horrific, this poor family. He lost his son. 14 months and his daughter went missing and then 14 months previous to that he's lost his son in a car accident. How would you process that like? That's trauma. trauma, his grandchild. His grandchild. So John and Josephine continued their search for Fiona, never wavering in their determination. Josephine kept Fiona's name on people's minds, speaking to the media whenever possible and becoming an activist for missing women. Like She was amazing, this woman. So in 2008, this is so bizarre, a small handmade wooden cross was found in the Sleeve Bloom Mountains. The cross had Fiona's name and the date she went missing on it. Which I find so bizarre. The Gardaí, hoping this was an important clue, searched the entire mountain. British specialists were called in, but still nothing was found. Yeah, it's really odd. So strange. So Josephine, her lovely mother, continued to plead with the public. She spoke to the Mail on Sunday in 2011 saying, If I could sit down with the person, I'd say, I could forgive you if you give me my back my Fiona and her baby. A trial means nothing to me. I don't care about anyone being punished. I don't ha- hate anyone. I'm just existing. I'm not I'm not living. Her baby was due on October 20th. She will be in secondary school now. Everything reminds me of Fiona. She's there all day, every day. We were great pals. I have cried every day for the last 17 years. Oh my God. It's like it happened today. She also said, I felt some relief for my husband after he died because he wasn't living and he was an awful lot worse than me. Jesus. So as Josephine and her son Mark continued their search for Fiona, John Thompson, Fiona's partner at the time, remarried and moved with his wife and three children to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada. Canada. Whilst there, the couple set up a company named JNS Investments. And I actually went onto a website that gives you the name of companies that exist in Canada and I found their company. It's not there anymore, but John Thompson is who owns that company, just FYI. Look at you being a little journalist. Oh, it's very mad. So uh, let's talk about something else now. Let's talk about something else. So in 2014, in a totally unrelated thing, completely unrelated, Mm -hmm. allegedly, allegedly unrelated, a man was accused of the sexual assault of his wife. This incident happened in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in Canada. Canada. The complainant, the white man's wife, told Canadian police that she believed her husband was involved in the disappearance of a woman in Ireland. She told the court that her husband convinced her to move to Canada in 2012, and it was here that the alleged abuse and sexual assaults began. The man in his early 40s 
and you who due to a publication ban cannot be named but he's white right yes and he's Irish he's right? Irish he's uh, from Leash he's from Leash from Leash yeah was accused of two counts of sexual assault one count of sexual assault with a weapon and two counts of uttering death threats the Canadian police arrived to their house, to the house of the couple, in August 2014, after a complaint was lodged by the victim. They seized several laptops, videotapes, and other electronics from the home, in addition to a bag of makeup and 200 silver coins. Wait, you hear why? The woman told the police that on several occasions... Oh, massive trigger warning for sexual assault, please just know. She would wake up with makeup on her face with no recollection of falling asleep. After showing the woman pictures they found on computers and files taken from the house, they asked if she recognised herself in the pictures. She confirmed it was her and that she did not own the makeup that was on her face. Quote, I think, in parentheses, the accused, put that on my face because it's not how I wear my makeup. The court then played a video, massive trigger warning, with a woman asleep wearing blue eyeshadow, pink lipstick and fake nails. Now, this is how you know a woman did not do this makeup. Straight up. Blue eyeshadow and pink lips. Yeah. Although that's coming back now. Um, so this is horrible. And fake nails. Fake nails. A man then put his penis in her mouth and in another clip inserted a cucumber into her vagina. So I'm sorry. This woman. The woman confirmed it was her in the clips that she had no recollection of any of it. And How did she sit? Like what? And did not know she was being filmed. Stating, quote, I am clearly passed out out of it it's degrading and humiliating it's a violation of me I'm being raped I'm being raped the woman told the court that whilst in Ireland six years previous she had discovered a tape of a similar incident she confronted her husband who got angry and then disappeared for a week he came back and apologised and she stayed married to him the woman told the court that the couple who are now separated had moved to Canada after a foreclosure on their house in Ireland the accused told his wife that the bank were after him and if she didn't leave Ireland with him that he would, they would come after her for money. <clears throat> she also mentioned that her husband wanted to move to Canada and gain Canadian citizenship as Canada did not have any extradition, extradition agreement with Ireland. Yes. But why would this unknown man care about this, you ask? Allegedly, he told his wife that the Irish police were, quote, out to set him up in a missing persons case from 1996. Why did this woman marry this man? Don't know. The man then, the man's then girlfriend had gone missing and he was named of a, as a person of interest. So this is verbatim from the National Post. I'm just going to read verbatim what this says. She said the accused had plans to build a bunker on the rural land he bought in Saskatchewan and that he intended to stockpile the bunker to last a year because of what he thought was the imminent worldwide government and an economic collapse. He also invested in silver and gold. That's why he had all those coins. Coins. The woman told the Real Ron Swanson. Yep. The woman told the accused on various occasions that she wanted to return to Ireland. She was like, I don't want to be here anymore because he was gone fucking nuts. She said he would allegedly invoke the name of his ex-girlfriend when threatening her. Quote, if you aren't with me, then you are against me. Just like the in parentheses missing girl. This is just like her all over again. You know I've done it before. They'll never find her. You'll end up like her. When questioned, the man stated he never said these things to his wife. He never videotaped her or put makeup on her whilst drugged without her consent. So his penis was in her mouth. Quote, I believe she consented or was at least aware. She always knew, he said. 
When questioned about his idea on consent, the accused said, I believe it would seem to me to be preposterous to ask your wife every time if you're in an intimate relationship, unless she says no. When asked if he believed he had consent from his wife when she expressly did not say no, he said, yes, that's what I believe. So he thought he could drug his wife and rape her because they were married. The case was dropped and no charges were brought forward. Sorry? The judge threw it out. Why? No idea. No idea. It's so hard to find information because I couldn't find any. See, I've done this one. Yeah. I just didn't talk about it. But I couldn't find any information yeah. about this. And there's like the only article I could find is the one that you're reading. I found two in the Irish Independent and I found one in the Sun. And then when I went back to read the Sun one, it was 404. Yeah. Mm. So that's that. Uh, the same year, the Gardaí were very interested in speaking to a woman living in Canada who told them that she had information on Fiona's disappearance mm-hmm. and possibly where the body was buried. Fiona's family had renewed hope, but this was to be short-lived. The woman told the Gardaí that a man she was dating had brought her to a piece of land and told her that Fiona was buried there. The Gardaí, along with cadaver dogs, searched a 200-metre length of land at the Cappard near Ro- Rosnalis, I think it's called pronounced County Leash on a quiet scenic road but nothing was found the guardie believed the woman was telling the truth but the man had made the entire story up calling it a ruse why would anybody make that up this same man was actually known to the guardie and was the same man arrested in the sexual assault case I mentioned above allegedly so was this another girl no single girl oh okay but the guardie had to be kind of like oh okay sketch about it So, speaking of the search, Josephine said, I really got my hopes up, but I'm afraid it came to nothing. I have bad days and I just cry and cry and think I'll never find her. So, unfortunately, in 2017, Fiona's mother, Josephine, passed away after a long battle with cancer. Three weeks before her death, Josephine once again asked for help in finding Fiona. Quote, I don't know whether I'm going to last. If anybody knows anything, I will go so far as to beg them to come forward. Hopefully it will lead to finding her. I'm not into punishment. I just want Fiona back, given back a bit of dignity to lay her to rest with her daddy and her brother. John Pender, who's Joseph, or sorry, Fiona's brother, the only remaining, remaining member of the Pender family, told the Irish Independent that his mother and father both died from heartbreak. He said his mother died knowing who murdered her daughter, but being unable to do anything about it. He believes it is now his time to try and bring justice for his sister. So he said, quote, my mother was a hero. She never gave up or gave in looking for my sister. In the face of such heartache, my mother kept fighting, kept hoping and kept searching for Fiona right until the end. John also spoke about the woman who came forward to the Gardaí regarding her husband. Uh, She alleged was involved in the whole thing. Mm. uh, He said, I would like to thank this woman who reported him to the police and claimed he told her. I'll do to you what I did to Fiona. His wife was brave and strong coming forward and me and my mother believed her but my mother always said she hoped no woman would have to suffer in order for him to be brought to justice. Sadly, this woman suffered. This man is now in a new relationship with a healthcare worker in another jurisdiction. Life for him carries on while my whole family was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, in May 2014, Josephine petitioned the Tullamore County Council to erect a memorial in her daughter's honour. They agreed and today there stands a stone sculpture on a small round walkway on the Kerr Canal. The walkway is named Fiona's Way. The stone memorial reads, A mother holds her daughter's hand for only a few moments in time, but she holds them in her heart forever. 
This walkway will become a place where 23-year-old Ashling Murphy was cruelly and evilly murdered last week. John Pender released a statement as flowers were laid for Ashling and Fiona on her walkway. Quote, My heart goes out to the parents and especially Ashling and to lose a child is one of the saddest things. Standing here today, I feel very differently about the area. It's shocking what's happened. All I can do is send out condolences to the family and friends. So in 2011, Josephine wrote a letter to Fiona and on the day of her funeral, her friend Emer read it to the church. It read, Dear Fiona, when we lost your brother Mark in June 1995, you said to me, nothing worse can happen to us now, ma'am. We did not know that 14 months later, we would lose you and your baby on the 22nd of August 1996 and your dad on the 31st of March 2000 from a broken heart after losing his children. When I lost you, Fee, my firstborn, my beautiful only daughter, I lost my best friend with whom I could discuss anything, my shopping companion, you had such a flair for fashion. Oh, the shoes and handbags we could have bought together, Fee. I hope you have met your dad and Mark. And of course, your devoted Millie in heaven. If you can do anything from heaven to help us to find you and your baby, please do. Jesus. Sorry. Emer and I searched far and wide to try to find you and we will never give up until we do. I know you idolised your brother John from when he was a baby. You will be very proud of him now as he has become a fine young man despite all the heartache he had to go through. I hope you are in the light, Fee, as I know you did not like the dark. I also hope your feet are warm. <laughs> oh, how I long to rub them for you as we did when they were cold. I greatly regret not being able to help you in the birth of your baby, my grandchild. My heart and my arms ache never to have been able to hold you or look after the baby. Oh, sorry. Ask John to help. Why didn't you get tissue? Oh, sorry. <sighs> Ask John to help Sean and myself, the only members of your family, to give us the strength to keep going after the loss of you and our loved ones. Love and light to you, my precious daughter. And to this day, Fiona Pender is still missing. And, and no one has, has been, not been arrested. Found, and no one has been arrested. And her brother is the only person left. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was reading it earlier, I was writing it earlier and I was like, don't cry. <sighs> Just, um, I'm so sorry to Ashley Murphy's family and to her friends and everybody because like, it's happened again. Yeah. It's happened again. And it's, I don't know. Is anything going to be done? Who knows? Um, also to like, these people don't listen to our podcast, but to John Pender, just <sighs> all their good thoughts and yeah to you because I can't imagine the suffering that you're going through as well like to lose your sister your brother your mum and your dad and then to be for like I know that's not it's not related but then you're being brought back into yeah. a, an awful tragedy yeah. the same place your sister like, the where same the, place where, where you've got this memorial for your, for your sister, sister that was like a safe and peaceful place that was a remembrance that was like you know, this that is where, people would walk past and enjoy that yeah. outdoor space, and now it's like this place where something something horrific awful has happened, and evil has happened. But I do honestly, you did a really good job. That's a horrible, terrible story, and they're awful. all horrible yeah. and terrible stories. But this week in particular, I think we're all very much, obviously, upset and fed up and pissed off. And uh, uh, as I said, I just want to say I hope everyone's okay because this has been a hard month, lads. It's not been easy. Also, I just wanted to bring to light because. This has kind of been glossed over and I am going to 
butcher this poor lady's name and oh, I apologize. I have her in my podcast, in my thing. Um, so, Seg, I believe, Tissan and George. I could be wrong. I apologize so much. Um, the 48-year-old woman who was attacked beside the IFSC and stabbed to death by a 15-year-old. Um, our hearts go out to her family as well because this happened a while ago and it was, obviously we had talked about it, but we just wanted to send our sincere condolences. Um, I know the 15-year-old is being charged now and will go to court. So just to her family and friends and anybody who knew her, we're so sorry and we hope there's justice done for her too. Um to Alana Idris and her family and friends and everybody because that girl's from Ballyfermot like she's from where Sarah's grown up her entire life lived and grown up her entire life we're sorry and we hope you're okay and I know you're not but um, if there's anything anybody can do we can do if there's anything we can do please let us know because yeah I just want to I don't know anymore but um, I don't think Colin will be able to put a song at the end <laughs> do this no. to him all the time I'm sorry Colin like, he was like know. I'll put this song at the end I was like I don't think you can what was the song <laughs> I remember when I was like I uh, the Alana Idris um, there's a GoFundMe for there her is, yes. and I think it's raised over 70,000 euro that's now that's amazing but she's going to be permanently blind in one of her eyes one of her eyes I think she may have lost her eye oh fuck um, and she's going to be permanently disfigured um, so 200 euro bail lads if you can give anything to the GoFundMe do and if you can help out with any well listen money's tight for everybody but if you can help out in any way with shelters or anything Sarah and I are going to um, volunteer ASAP because I feel like if I don't do something I'm going to break down de- like I have to do yeah. something like that's how I feel at the moment so if you can do anything or help uh, look out for each other please just I put on all this fucking makeup I'm sorry and makeup now look at me <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> sobbing <laughs> um yeah, we'll see you next week. We know week. it's really hard. We, hope, we okay. hope everybody's okay. And yeah. we it's will. It's been a shit month, hasn't it? Yeah. If it's been you one want thing to after the other. Have lads. a laugh. Listen to the Erlinga story again. Yeah, go listen to the Erlinga story. Sarah pissed herself. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my stories are like, so Sarah pissed herself. So, do, you know, uh, do you know what happened? Sarah pissed, Sarah pissed herself. herself again. Um, um, but we'll, we're back anyway. We're back. We're back. And uh, it's an off. But you know what? Here's what I will say. Just to end on something okay. that can be positive. <laughs> okay. This has happened. It's January 2022. If everybody that is affected by what has happened could just do something. Just a little thing. One thing. Just a tiny thing. If it's donating clothes to a shelter. Yep. If it's donating toys to yep. a woman's aid shelter. Yep. If it's getting in touch with uh, women's aid and saying, do you know what, I'm available. They're doing incredible um, work. For like, you know, two hours a month. Yep. Anything. Tiny little if things. If it is ringing your like sister and asking, are you okay? Yep. If it's like talking to your son or if it's talking to your local TD yeah. and saying, how can we... What can we do? What can we do judicially to change the laws to in protect, this country to protect, protect women? women. Um, it does not have to be a massive thing. No, just a small thing. Like, and that's... And if it, if, if it can be something for you, where yeah. you take a moment to like reassess and revalue and know how much worth you have and you have so much then worth. that's something and, and if you're in a January relationship January 2022 it's the beginning of a year yeah and yes the way it has begun is violent and visceral and, and evil but if anything if we could do anything to 
make some of those small changes yeah well then we could actually make this year be worth something 100% I fully agree Sarah and I was just going to say like it's the start of a new year and that's usually when people want to refresh if you are in a relationship at the moment that's making you very unhappy or you're feeling that there's something wrong there's lots of red flags and you're scared and you're confused please 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 talk to someone I am fucking begging you from the bottom of my heart please talk to someone because I understand that people get into relationships and they think that they're meant to put up with certain things. You uh-huh. don't have to put up with anything that is scaring you. If you go with your gut, my love, because it, it, your gut will always fucking tell you when there's something wrong. But a lot of these certain types of relationships lead to really bad situations and to stories we're telling on this podcast. So please remember, remind yourself of that. So many of these stories that we tell are about women who end up in these marriages and relationships and they can't get out of them. Yeah. And this is how it ends up. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but what I am saying is just reevaluate where you're at with that. Um, because it's I know people that have been in bad relationships, you know people that have been in bad relationships. So just look after yourselves. Please just fucking look after yourselves. Because to be perfectly honest with you, no one else is gonna fucking do it. So that's no, that. That's it. Um but we'll be back next week for more terribleness. Yay! Yay! Happy Christmas. Colin's gonna go mental ending this. Gonna be like, can't put a song. I can't put a song at the end. Just then. put any at the end. Who can say what? What is she saying in I'm that song? I honest to God do not know what any is saying, but I'll tell you something. Whatever she's saying is making her castle money. Yeah. Castle, castle upkeep money. Because you gotta upkeep a castle. You know yeah. what I mean? Imagine how many radiators you have to have in that motherfucker to keep it warm. A lot. A lot of radiators. Uh-huh. And he's got electricity gas money here we go now I just want to watch this video she's obsessed with chairs this one because she can't dance Emma <laughs> what else she going to do in a video <laughs> okay everybody see you next week say bye sir bye bye Sarah.